Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. The internet is full of half-truths and all-out lies. We've all seen them, and many people on social media complaining about it. Here's your chance to show and prove. WorldAfropedia.com is a black-owned and operated encyclopedia. There are several thousand articles, but we need help. We can't uncover all the truth ourselves. So please, join us and become a writer, editor, or blogger for WorldAfropedia.com today. Every little bit counts. We owe it to the future generations to put the truth out there. Visit WorldAfropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. WorldAfropedia.com My parents were pioneers, but it's not something they chose. My mother, from Zimbabwe, she was working in Zambia as a, a midwife. And my dad, Nick Newton, from Cornwall, he had decided that he wanted to find the root of the blues. And he felt that it was Africa. They met and fell in love. Um, think about it, mid-60s. You fall in love with an African woman... You want to marry that woman, bring her back to Cornwall, which is so not African. <laughs> you are fucking cool, man. My dad is... I mean, he really broke the mould. I then think about my mother, you know. She's a, a warrior. Because it wasn't like having stones thrown through the window. It was the mind-fucking, and it was the, the kind of feeling of needing to look over your shoulder. And she responded to that by just keeping things small. small, small, small. There was a notion that the streets of Britain were paved in gold, and I'm sure my parents were, uh, you know, were bought on that illusion. Yeah. What did they find? Racism. In those days when my parents arrived, there were still signs saying, No dogs. No Irish. And no blacks. I think they used to say no coloreds in those days. One of the things I'd say is I really don't like remembering some of those times. But I was um, subject to racist attack. I was literally attacked, beaten up, and uh, bloodied. You would be silly to go out on your own. We used to go in, in groups, and in many instances, we didn't go at all. And I'll tell you, I used to support Leeds United, because they were brilliant. I was about eight, nine, and Leeds were playing Birmingham, and uh, I thought, I'm gonna go and support Leeds United. 
I remember I walked into St. Andrews <clears throat> and I walked into the Leeds end through the gate and I heard the first ooh, 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 nigga, nigga. And I kind of stopped and I thought, did I just hear that? And I thought, let me carry on. I was on my own. <laughs> and then I heard another one. And I remember my mum saying, stand up to bullies and racists. And I said to myself, go and take your seat. Go and take your seat. So I remember walking towards a, an empty seat that I saw, and it got louder and louder, and the monkey noises and the monkey chants and the nigger go home and the coon, wog, black, cunt. I mean, it was... It must have been about, it sounded like 10,000 people calling me a nigger. I was eight. And it shook me to my core. And I stopped. Turned around. And left. And I've never been to a football match on my own since. Never. Never. I am a part of the generation that wants to be Beyonce. Beautiful blonde hair slash weave, fairer skin. I know that as much as I have been raised to appreciate who I am from the inside out, the heavy burden of this ideal image has often been far greater. It speaks louder. The anxiety comes from trying to be something that I know very well I'm not. Context of white supremacy, Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Sunday, December 18th, 2016. So I have been told, again, this is our global Sunday talk on racism. Uh, we had... Uh, a little bit of a stall getting out of the gates this morning. Um, technical issues could be just racist interference uh, because I did the exact same procedure to add our international callers to the line. And for whatever reason, they could not. Uh, I could not hear them. They couldn't hear me for a while. I think we got that resolved. I'm going to double check uh, here in a second. But if you would like to chime in and participate again, I think it's constructive to make sure racism, white supremacy is a global problem. It is not something that is just, you know, has been. Uh, a mild irritant in South Africa for a small number of years or maybe a problem every now and then in the U.S. South. That is not the case at all. Uh, the dominant power system in the form of people on this planet for some time has been the system of white supremacy in the form of racist man, racist woman, racist child. I think it's extremely important to keep that in mind that this is a worldwide problem. Uh, and I think it's always great to take advantage uh, of opportunities to talk to other individuals on the planet, particularly non-white people, who also make an effort of studying white supremacy as a global problem. Uh, we can see how the system operates uh, worldwide, uh, compare, contrast, and hopefully come up with some uh, strategies. The number to dial if you would like to uh, call in, share your views, or ask some questions, 
zero. Lots to talk to. And again, this program is, is only 90 minutes. This is not our normal longer broadcast, so 90 minutes. Uh, if you have questions, comments, do not dally. Go ahead, get your hand up uh, and share. Uh, let me see. Let me do my check uh, with all the folks that we have with us this morning. Uh, let's see. I think we got Andrew, and he wasn't even supposed to be on the program. I thought he was going to be busy. Are you with us, Andrew? Uh, y- yes, Gus, yes. Um, uh, I thought I'd um, literally ring in for, I could be here for the first 15 minutes, literally. Um, but no, I'm not meant to be, I can't obviously stay for the whole show, but I, I, I couldn't I couldn't resist. It's, it's a great show and I feel honoured to, to even you know to do any time really so 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 I so I thought I'd bring in for the time that I can be here. How 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 are you? You good? Uh, I'm right poorly. Uh, I'll be good once all this uh, abuse and mistreatment is done. But I am uh, pleased to hear from you. It's always great uh, to get an opportunity to hear some of your views. Uh, I'm humbled and honored that you could uh, steal 15 minutes uh, to share with us this morning. I guess since you have uh, time constraints, uh, we'll just try to get whatever you would like to share in the time that we have with us. Um, I don't know. Did you get a chance to see the sound clip I started with was from the new BBC documentary, Black is the New Black? Uh, we had David Newton, Naomi Campbell. A lot of. Did you get to see that? Yes, uh, I actually, I actually taped all of them, um, and uh, I taped it. Well, I watched them when they were on, and then I, I set it to record as well because I thought, you know, this is interesting. You know, I got, I, I got to, um, I got to record this and analyze it. Um, okay, um, should I tell you what I think of it? Absolutely. Let's hear it. Um, now, okay, now, you know, it's always good to hear about, um, victims, um, concepts of, of, of growing up in a, in a white racist country, whether or not they think it's racist or not. Um, so, so, you know, you know, it's, it's always good to hear that and, and all the rest of it. And, you know, I mean, um, uh, you see, but I, I got some, I couldn't work out what my issues were with that when I was watching it and I had to, and that's why I had to go away and sort of think about it and process it a little bit. Um, and okay. So so my thought about those four programs was that it was a form of racial showcasing, you know, that, that that's my view of it. Now that doesn't mean that some of them weren't quite honest in, you know, in, in respect of their, uh, their uh, how we you know when they grew up, you know what you know, what it was like growing up in a racist country and all the rest of that. And I, I got all of that. I really did. I I got all of that. And obviously, growing up here, a lot of what they experienced, you know, I, I experienced as well. I'm 48 years old, and and so we, you know, a lot of us, some of us are the same generation growing up in the, in London or around the UK. Totally got that. Um, you see, but my issue. Okay, I'm I'm trying not to, you know, part of my issue with that program was the whole thing that those blacks are successful blacks or what what some people call leading blacks. Right. And um, very rarely would ITV or BBC go and get the views of just normal black people just 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 walking around the streets. In other words, those black people were, if you like, selected by these companies to make a document in other words in spite of everything that you had to go through right you lot still did okay so this country can't be all bad right and um and that's not the case right that's just not the case you know very rarely would you get the views of just everyday regular black people just just living in london 
you know, I mean, and the only black people that exist are Naomi Campbell, um, uh, Trevor Nelson, he's a DJ, quite a well-known DJ in London. He used to do what we call pirate radio, like illegal radio. Uh, Trevor Nelson and, and, you know, a load of other sort of leading well-to-do sort of black people, you know, like, like of, you know, actors and all these kind of people. And, and they're not, you know, that, that's, not, that's not all of who we are living, growing up in England. You know, growing up in London, you know, this is a racist country. They kill black people left, right, and centre in this country, right? So, um, so you know, you know, you know, you know, that wasn't, you know, you know, and, and if you're white, watching that program, any or even black, watching that program anywhere in the UK or or in England or in or in the world, right? You're gonna get you, you, you know, you're gonna go away thinking, yeah, you know, those black, you know, England's not a bad place, you know, you know, them, those black people look alright, you know, things like, yeah, a little bit racist, yeah, but it's kind of cool over there, you know, look at them black, they sound good, you know, they speak well, and all this kind of stuff, you know, so it's not to say that they, you know, it's not, it's not to down their experience, right? But you see, to me, right, that is, is how that program's gonna get framed, right? And yeah, so, so no, I mean. You know, when you put it all together, you know, you know, they're beautiful black people and effectively, sorry, but I think I think they they've been used, you know, and um, I didn't you know, I didn't really get a sense of any understanding of, of racism, white supremacy, nothing really. You know, they didn't go and interview anyone that I would have liked to have interviewed, you know, like not really, you know. You know, just, 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 I don't know, Brother Minka from the, you know, used to be a member of my organisation, Pan-African Society Community Forum. Anyone, Brother Leader Bandaka, not that I agree with the Arcable and Revivalist movement, but they could have gone and interviewed him. He's about 50 years old, right? So, so it's a sanitised um, view of what UK used to be like. You know, UK used to be racist, but but we're we're okay now. You know, the UK's no, 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 no. Uh, you know, how about how about you know, even going and interviewing um, interviewing a, you know, some 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 black person whose whose brother or sister have just been killed by the police. There's enough of them. You know, go and interview them and see how they feel about the UK now in in 2016. Do you know what I mean? You know, not not like 30 years ago when we were growing up. Be, being kicked around by, by by the Chelsea supporters down the West End, which is what happened to me when I was a kid, right? You know, getting on the bus, going from going down the King's Road, having to sit amongst a lot of racist white Chelsea supporters. You know, what about now? That was then. This is now. We'll talk about the now, right? And so and so, and so it's kind of like kind of like oh, that's how the UK used to be. You know, you know, you know. But but now, you know, we we done all right now. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. And so that was my, you know, that that's not to down anybody's experience, right? But but the, but the now is not pretty, it's not beautiful, it's not a load of black people wearing fancy designer clothes walking around London. No, 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 it's very far from that. And, and, and that's the view that I got of that programme. You know, the programme was not an accurate representation of the black experience in the UK or in London now. And, 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 and that needs to be made crystal clear to anyone who's going to go and watch that programme. Hmm. Let me, uh, let me check in with Lorraine. Uh, I'll double back to see if we uh, can get one more comment in from you with the time that we have you. Uh, Lorraine, she's all, also with us. Lorraine, can you hear me? Yes, great. If you could speak up a little bit, your volume is a little bit low. Um, 
Lorraine, she's been with us before uh, on the Global Sunday Talk on Racism and has sent me a lot of great material. Uh, she keeps me up to date on a lot of the uh, different films or TV programs dealing with racism uh, over in the UK. We talked about some earlier this year, uh, the six-part miniseries that they had. Uh, she let me know about this program, The Black is the New Black. And it's online. The people in the States or wherever you happen to be at in the world, if you have not seen this uh, series and you want to check it out, you can watch it. It's on YouTube. It's four parts. Uh, they're each 30 minutes. Uh, so you can check out the whole thing if you are so interested. Uh, in fact, I can even uh, I can even hook Lorraine up because she gave me such extensive notes as we were chatting about this as she was telling me to check it out. I can give you a, a sound clip intro before you give us your commentary, Lorraine. So this is one more clip uh, from Black is the New Black, four-part uh, mini uh, documentary from the BBC. Black Britain isn't just black anymore. Black Britain is my complexion. Black Britain is Mariah Carey's complexion. Black Britain is Tandy Newton, is Mo Farah, is Jessica Ennis. Black Britain is eternally different to what it was 25 years ago. Not only are people increasingly accepting their blackness and proud of it, but they're also proud of their Britishness. And um, for the, the white mother that's raising the mixed race son that the world sees as a black boy, she understands that things are going to be different for him than they were for her. And she is a part of Black Britain, even though her life wasn't even remotely connected to it when she was growing up. Do we have proud black British people, proud and black, proud and British uh, on the program? Lorraine, your, your response? Proud. <laughs> no. 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 I think that out of the characters that was on the show, June Southam, I want to meet June Safong. Not June Safong. Gina Yasuwe, sorry. Gina Yasuwe, she was, she was pretty much most truthful out of the rest of them. Um, there is no such thing as being proud and British. You can't be proud and British. When you uh, come Lorraine, out, you're, uh, it's not clear. I don't know if you're how far you are to your microphone, if you have a headset or what have you, but it's a little uh, distorted. Um... I don't know. Are you on a headset or are you using the microphone on your Hello, is that crystal? Better? 100% better. Can you start over with your, your response from the very beginning? I was basically saying that it's an oxymoron. You can't have the two words together, proud and Br British, black British. It just does not work. You know, how can you go through trauma throughout the whole of your life and even... As an adult, you're trying to make your way through life and then say you're proud. What is there to be proud of? You know, the whole show to me was a narration of trauma, starting from the parents all the way through until people obviously must have got to a point where they realized that the best way to move forward is to outbreed themselves, to find somebody of the race that was abusing them and terrorizing them so that their children don't go through what they go through. That's how it came across to me. It was just the, the beginning. I could identify with a lot of what was being said, but towards the end, it felt as though the people were saying that they'd given up, that they had um, found a way to battle through. David Harewood says that he had a breakdown it almost appears as though the clip that you played where he said that there was 10,000 chants and monkey noises at him and the breakdown that he had later on, 
resulted in him finding himself a blonde-haired woman and making sure that the next generation doesn't go through the next the trauma that he went through. So for me, it was really sad. It was very disappointing. I had a little bit of hope at the beginning, and then towards the end, it was just terrible. It was dire. And then you had certain characters in there who have been very safe, like Beverly Knight. She didn't say anything, anything tangible. Um, it was just sad, really. But there was a lot of um, openness, if you like. So, yeah. Wow. Disappointing. Disappointing. And it was not a true reflection of, of what we went through. But at the same time, some people seem to let a little bit of information escape through. That's how I felt. But I must admit, I did have a tear in my eye when I saw David Airwood, when he expressed what he went through and how he felt. Um, it brought me back to experiences that I had as a child. And again, Trevor Nelson, when he spoke of how he felt about um, Obama having a black president and his child not understanding, again, I just felt a little bit of a pang in my heart because that was straight from his heart you know but yeah that's that's how i felt about the show hmm. for uh listeners out there the way she described it and saying uh, in terms of saying she had some hope when it began <laughs> not to steal obama's catchphrase but she had some hope when it began and constructive value and being able to relate with some of the things that were said and then uh her view kind of changed as it evolved this uh, documentary was not presented all at once, uh, unless I'm mistaken. This was like in parts, so they released like 30 minutes of it at a time. So you ended up having four different uh, viewing sessions. Obviously, now it's all out, so you can sit and just watch the whole thing in one setting. But uh, that's not the way it was done. So I don't know how that would have impacted people seeing it, catching 30 minutes at a time uh, as you go through this experience. Um, just, I guess, to highlight one point, you. I think when we were talking about this, because you saw the whole thing way before I did, um, when you were talking about it and you were emphasizing that, wow, a lot of these people that they're showing, uh, even though they might be telling truthful stories about how they were terrorized and that's poignant and might be a you know significant improvement over the normal you know tripe that's on television showing black people being silly or stupid or abused or whatever, but a lot of these folks are in tragic arrangements with white people. And if you're going to talk about, well, I was abused and now we're in a much better spot and I've been allowed to have a white woman or a white man, that's not really anything constructive and not even really giving us uh, information that we need about racism. It almost seems to be suggesting the way that you beat racism is get a white woman. Uh, did you want to add anything to that point of it? Well, not just that. It's like when you're watching the show, the way how they talked about their childhood experiences with their mothers, you know, that life was difficult, that mothers were tired and the mothers were the disciplinarians and everyone has a negative almost everybody has a negative um story to tell about how the mother disciplined them and yet the white mother <laughs> with the dual heritage child you know she doesn't understand the experience but she's there she is part of the experience she has a child um that is um, from a black background and yet she is part of it it's a positive yet again for the white female you know and it's just disappointing mm. I did hear uh, I do remember it was a black male he was talking about getting 
he didn't want to disappoint his father, black father, and uh, that his father didn't hit him too much. He did get a hit. He did get hit once or twice. I do remember some people talking about their black parents, and it wasn't a it wasn't a bad thing. It was appreciation, but there was still some of that the appreciation being connected to violence. Um, yeah, it's just something to think about. I do remember a couple of those segments. One other, one other quick thing that I did remember also, Mallory Blackman was in the, this series. Mallory Blackman is a black female. She's a writer. She does uh, children's books. I was surprised because they did not include Mallory Blackman. This was in 2014, in the summer of 2014, when Ferguson, Michael Brown, uh, Daniel Holtzclaw, everything was erupting. Uh, John Crawford III was shot same summer. She got in huge trouble with white people for saying that she thinks, and I think she just used the word diversity. It wasn't like she came out and said, you crackers have got too many books and it's racist. She just said, we need more diversity in children's books. We don't have enough uh, books for black children, black families, non-white families. It shouldn't just be that all the children's books, all the children's literature is for white readers. That's not what we have. That's not the audience of readers. We need more. That's all she said. Only people that could be upset with that, people that support racism. They were furious. They went after her. And I think, if and this is from two years, but if memory serves, I think also when the uh, press, when the white journalists, racist-dominated press, when they reported on this event, they took her words out of context. And I think they even changed what she said from what she originally stated. I think they put a title on it or something that said... Uh, it said something other than what she originally said. I think they switched the title around to say something like, uh, we don't want any more white authors or they're too many, something indicting white people. And they were furious. And then it turns out she didn't even say that. She said something that was totally accurate, totally true. And people went furious and they didn't bring that up at all uh, in the document. And I mean, this was a big deal. Do any of you all remember that Mallory Blackman when she got in trouble for this? Yeah, I, I remember something like that. I don't remember the detail. But, but I remember there being some sort of uh, thing around uh, something she said or books. Or I can't remember when it was, though, but I do remember it. 2014. I uh, can post the article again, but it's 2014. And she talks about all of the uh, racist tweets uh, that she got uh, for all of this. Uh, again, and I'll just read a little bit. This is from The Guardian. Mallory Blackman faces racist abuse after call to diversify children's books and this is from august 2014 august 26 to be specific the attacks began after the award-winning author spoke to sky news about diversity in children's literature saying that although you want to escape into fiction and read about other people other cultures other lives other planets there is a very significant message that goes out when you cannot see yourself at all in the books you are reading and again um they changed. Oh, there it is. They, the piece was given an inaccurate headline claiming that Blackman had said that children's books have too many white faces, but that's not what she said at all. So it was like multiple acts of racism associated. And again, they didn't touch this at all uh, in the documentary, which I thought might have been another act of racism, white supremacy. Um, we had two other people I hadn't heard from at all. Uh, Mr. Fox, you're with us. Did you see Black is the New Black? Any any thoughts? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> honestly, I honestly feel like someone's hit me with a sharp uppercut, followed by an overhand right. I just I'm doing pretty dizzy at the moment because what you started off with, and I heard the voices, and one of the voices wasn't so familiar. But what the person said, I thought to myself, well, this person obviously has a white parent, highly um, white identified, 
And then when you said the name of the program, I went online and the people who I'm seeing who were involved in the program, I've written down the names and every single one of them so far is a cowbell next to it. Let's hear the so, names. Uh, Let's hear the names. Um, Les Ferdinand, um, his partner's white. Beverly Knight, partner's white. Lenny Henry, partner's white. Naomi Campbell, um, a long history of um, dating white men. Tiny Temper, he... Um, White female singer, I can't remember her name, but he was dealing with her. Goldie has a white parent. Fadia Newton, white father, as she said, he he rocks in explicitives. Um, David Harewood, I just looked up now, he has a white partner. I was surprised by that, but not really surprised. Alicia Dixon, white parent. Is it, is it sorry, what is the other one? Umana. Sorry, was it Chuka? Umana, he's got a white parent. Um, I've not been through all of them, but I could um, put money on back. There's going to be um, a cowbell being rung. But that is the UK for you, Gus. Um, that interracial sex, that tragic arrangement, is just something we've seen since we've been here in the 40s. We've just constantly been in it. And um, I think Lorraine said about this proud black British, it's... When you think about it, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense. How can you be black in this country and be proud to be British, knowing the legacy of the British Empire and what it continues to do today? It's, it's, um, when you think about it, we're in a really bad, bad situation. Really, really, really dire situation. Um, just, I just... I, I, I'm <laughs> I've been listening to what people have been saying in these clips and I'm thinking to myself, am I going to put myself through watching four episodes of this? And I, I don't think I'm going to watch it. I, I can't watch that, honestly. Uh, I, I just can't do it. I, can't, I, I cannot watch that programme. But that is, um, that is the UK. That is the UK. We want to be in the arms of, um, of the people who terrorise us. But it's how it's done in the UK. It's just, they're so refined. They're just really, really... They're their masters when you think about it. They, you know, they created the system of um, racism, white supremacy in the US when they actually put it down. You know, you had white, white Protestant, and then everyone wanted to be a white Protestant. And the English, no matter where they've been, India, South Africa, Australia, um, North America, they are the masters of it. Small or island, but they are the masters. And... Today, people look at them like, you know, they're nothing. You know, they're just uh, stiff upper lip, British on this island. Used to have the empire, but has no more influence around the world. But the British are still running things. And how, how they do it over here, it's just, it's just amazing how they've done it over here. People look at the UK like, you know, multiculturalism, you know, black people just, you can't go to any black function today. No family function where you won't have a white person there. You couldn't, a white person couldn't say the same. A white person could go to a family function, it'd just be nothing but white people there. But in this country, you go to any family function, you're going to see a white person there. You can't have our own spaces. White people are always, always there. It's, it's, oh man, I'm, I'm so dizzy right now. I'm, I'm going to mute my life, sorry context of white supremacy sorry for cutting in there is one function you can go to where you will not see white people and that's the funeral 
<laughs> they love us so much that they don't care when you're dead. You're not going to see them at your funeral. I would disagree. I have seen them there as well. <laughs> really? I haven't. <laughs> you know, a lot of these, um, the, the older generation, when they're popping the clogs now, their wives are still alive. So you see the white wife there. But the thing is, you don't see much of the family there. It's what I've noticed. You see the white wife there. Um, and that's really it. It's only if the white wife dies, you see a couple smidgens of the white wife's family at that funeral. But really, when the black husband passes on, you just see the white wife with the offspring and then their offspring. But, you know, in this country, it's just you're seeing like white women in their 60s with black children and these black children are their grandchildren. So, you know, we're growing up in quote-unquote, these diverse times where, you know, black people are even more confused because you've got grandparents who are white. We, we, there's, there's no space whatsoever. There's no margin. This is always there. You're working with them. You go home, they're there. You, 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 your family members have um, children to them. It's just you can't escape it. It's, oh, man, over it. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Tough day on the plantation, I feel you. Uh, before I get, uh, we still haven't even heard from everybody, before uh, I get Af- Af- African 1884, who is actually not in England, so he may not have seen this film, uh, we did a book just on the comment, the last audio clip where the victim, and again, victim, victim, uh, was saying that these white women are part of black Britain for coming in and raising I guess we heard that both ways. Thandie Newton was saying that her white dad rocks for coming to get a black female, wanting to figure out where the blues came from, so he had to go to the continent and steal a black female. Um, We did a book on this, or we did a program on this very subject, exclusively talking about these tragic arrangements in Britain. Uh, The book is A White Side of Black Britain, Interracial Intimacy and Racial Literacy. This book came out in 2011. It was written by France wind dance twine she is a black female and now she is in the states she is not a black britain uh but she went to britain repeatedly uh to research and write this book over a number of years she kept going back and she knew these people so she did longitudinal studies with these folks uh it was fascinating Uh, i would not encourage the book because it's not accurate and i said that to her on the program this is not an accurate book about racism but during the exchange that we had about this book back in 2011, she conceded that her book was not accurate about racism, white supremacy, and she admitted that she did not have any evidence that these white people, just because they hopped in bed with a black person and maybe married a black person, maybe even had children with a black person, that that did not motivate them to practice racism. Maybe they got some abuse from other white people who were upset about their sexual choice, but they were still able to practice racism, and she found no evidence that any of them did anything to work against racism, try to help black people out, zip, uh, and she conceded that on the program. Uh, African1884, thank you for your patience, sir. I don't know if you have seen this film since this is something that's so British based, uh, but have you seen it? Did you have a comment or do you want to relate because you're in Austria, so do you want to relate uh, what you've heard, how this relates to Austria? Do you have any comments you'd like to add? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for having me on the program. Uh, I've not seen the program yet. Black is a new black. I've not seen it yet. Uh, but I have, I have a comment or two. Um, I think from what I've heard from the other brothers and sisters in the UK, 
this is just a clear example of um, the refinement of the, the system of race and white supremacy. So I, I believe that um, if, because we, we, we've had here in Austria experiences of black people that leave Austria or Germany or France to go to the UK because they presume the UK or America are much better spaces for black people. So I believe that if some of the black people in Austria see this program or the four parts, it will kind of like give them an incentive to want to move to the UK due to the fact that they're part of the EU and Austria is within the European Union. They can be able to travel to the UK and maybe get to live there and work there. So this documentary, I think, is a clear example, although I've not seen it, but I'm sure it is a clear example of the refinement of system race and white supremacy in Britain. And one other thing is that I think for those of us that are clear about this system and what the problem is, this is not something bad to watch because sometimes I feel that you have to see the lie to be able to know the truth. And sometimes you have to see the truth to be able to know the lie. So for those of us that are clear about the situation, the problem, then there's not something bad to see, you know, that's, that's my comment for now. Thank you. Context of white supremacy. Uh, we're obviously not going to spend the whole broadcast on uh, Black is the New Black. There are lots of other things to touch on uh, before we pivot. Uh, anything else folks wanted to get in? I think we might have lost uh, Andrew. I know he said he had time constraints. Always good to hear from him. Uh, Lorraine, Mr. Fox, anything else uh, folks wanted to get in on Black is the New Black before we push off to other topics? Folks are satisfied. That's that's fine as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm tapping out on that one. But regarding the um, broadcast you did have with it, um, is it France Windance Twine? Was that a name? Yes, sir. Yeah, that was an excellent program. You really dealt with her well because um, even the questions you were asking, because I don't know why she would actually spend so much time to do so much research, but she concluded in the end was like inaccurate. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand it because you had. You even had to ask her. Does she have any white people in her family? And is her partner white? Because her fascination on that subject and her traveling to England to do this research for so long, and even some of the people in the um, in the research, especially some of the, the children, were even you know confirming that even though my mom still you know had me, she's still a racist and she still will tell lies. Because there was a segment in that um, in the book where you picked up on. That's why I like when you read the books because you can read these books and know it better than the people who read it. And then when you bring it up, you just you know you catch them in that angle. But it was that that program was excellent. So I suggest anyone who um, hasn't listened to it, please um, go to the archive and listen to that episode. But um, yeah, that was a was a great episode. I concur. Not out of any, not that I'm trying to brag on the low, but really it was because she didn't, uh, sometimes uh, if I bring up a point or if I don't agree with the guest, you know, it can get nasty and <laughs> they can get upset, I can get upset and that didn't happen, um, she didn't get angry and like I, she admitted <laughs> that it was not accurate that uh, the book that she had written, that it was not a very accurate book about racism and as I said, she conceded that these white women she admitted that they could go do this and continue to practice racism, she had some good tidbits in the book where she conceded that so in, in that respect for me it was uh, it was quality and we weren't even supposed to be talking about that book, somebody had recommended that we have her on the program to discuss a different book that she had written about, a total different subject.
project that was also white supremacy related, but that book was new. It was coming out 2011. That was the year it was. So she wanted to do that, which, you know, no big deal. But uh, yeah, fascinating read. Not an accurate book, but the program was was pretty insightful. Uh, Lorraine, are you satisfied? Black is the new black new topic. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. It would be interesting for people that are listening to watch it and see how they feel. Yeah. If we have any listeners who have uh, seen this program, because I think I did share the link once I found it on uh, Facebook. I think I did share the link for it so people can watch it on YouTube. And if we have any listeners now who uh, would like to see it, I can do so again. Uh, but the whole thing is on YouTube. You can just put in Black is the New Black, and you, can, you should be able to see the whole uh, two-hour, four-part series worth. Um, but I must say... Mm-hmm. Sorry. Throughout the whole of November, they had um, on the BBC, they had lots of different things about blackness and slavery and all kinds of stuff. I didn't watch them, but it was very interesting that they put so much on at that time. And from what I saw from, you know, scrolling through on the Internet, it seemed to be a lot of dual heritage people talking about historical events and, and stuff like that. And so, you know. I don't know if anyone else has watched any of the other shows, whether they can, you know, if they have anything to say about that. I would track me in. Yeah. um, What one guy, um, white parent, I think he had dreads, but he was doing the um, one on the slavery, wasn't he? On BBC two. Is that correct? Yeah. I heard about him. Yeah. yeah. I taped them. Well, I downloaded them. Four episodes. I don't know when I'm going to get to watch it, but yeah, there's a lot of, um, a lot of these shows which you do see, you see someone with a white parent who um, is actually doing the presenting of that programme. But, um, yeah, Fadia Newton, she was in, um, obviously, in this Black is the New Black, but she's one of them people with the white parent who you can you can just smell it on them, but they detest black people. She, I've always got that from her. I don't know if anyone else has actually seen it, but that Fadia Newton woman, she's um, she's a... She's highly confused. I put, put it that way anyway. But her dad rocks, as she says. So that's all I can say. Does she just? <laughs> why are you? Uh, what has she done? Uh, what what evidence do you have that she has uh, contempt for black people? I've um, I I, something she said. I can't remember it word for word. But something she said years ago. I don't know what it is. I can pick it up on certain people, even though I was more confused. But you get them who are this very. Um, they have this disdain for um, for blackness, and especially what Rhodesia that time as well, where her mother is just like right underneath the cusp of racism, white supremacy. But yet she finds herself in the bed of a a white man who takes her over to England. Confuses her even more. Confuses Fadia Newton, who then goes with another white man and have children. And oh God, please! Wow, wow, wow! Fascinating. I uh, and Thandi Newton. For people who don't know, Thandi Newton was in uh, Crash. She's been on a lot of different uh, projects at this point, but uh, I think. She was in. That's an important one. I think if you go to her internet movie database page and they put up like the the top projects that she's known for, I'd be willing to bet a few wooden nickels, wooden nickels, that Crash is going to be one of the ones that pops up on the top of her page. When I was checking after I saw her in Black is the New Black and she was talking about her rocking white father, 
I, I looked online and there was an article. Uh, it's uh, Newton's still upset with crash director over rape scene. I had never heard this before. I'm just going to share this because I thought this was highly significant uh, and might be another act of racism. Uh, it reads, actress Danny Newton is still upset with crash director Paul Haggis. Uh, wasn't straight with her about the film's controversial hand rape scene. Folks remember she was uh, in Crash. She was uh, married to Terrence Howard's character. He was like a big Hollywood producer or whatever. And they get stopped on the way home by an enforcement officer played by Matt Damon. Uh, he gets them out of the vehicle. He uh, sexually assaults her, uh, putting his hand in her undergarment, in her underpants. Uh, in front of her husband, uh, who is spread eagle on the vehicle and at gunpoint can do nothing about this. And then um, she's upset with him. She's angry with him for like the rest of the movie. Like, how could you not defend me? And, you know, you're what a worthless, no good Nick you are. And then they end up having a huge conflict between their in their marriage for the rest of the film, basically. Uh, so continuing, the article reads the pretty Brits character is violated by Matt, D- uh, Matt, Matt Dillon's cop in the gritty Oscar-winning film, and she admits she was perhaps a little naive to shoot the controversial scene without knowing exactly what Haggis wanted in advance. She tells Giant Magazine, when I read the script, that scene was really sparsely written. I'm sure this is because otherwise they wouldn't have gotten funding. He puts his hand inside her skirt. I thought it was more like he suggests what he could do. But her suspicions were raised when Haggis left the scene until the end of the shoot and then couldn't look Newton in the eye when he briefed her about the shot. After quizzing her about the underwear she had on and suggesting she might be more comfortable wearing boy shorts, the writer-director told his star, we need the scene to really, really, really drive the point home according to the actress. She now regrets not finding out more about the controversial scene before filming the character's reaction later in the movie, something she had already shot, which is interesting too. Newton adds, I would have played the bedroom scene with Terrence Howard very differently. I would have played her as traumatized, not furious. I think that is huge information to know, and this to me sounds like off-camera behind the scenes racism that she experienced in missing details about what was going to happen in this movie, how she was going to have to be sexually assaulted on camera, and even how that would impact what she was going to do in the, uh, in the scene. Because, I mean, this is a major uh, part of the movie that has been dissected, and people have talked about this, and black males being emasculated, and the whole nine. I didn't know about any of this until I saw this documentary with Danny Newton and then did a little more digging. So we'll add that to the mix. thought that was important. People can, can comment on that as we roll. Um, and I just for, add one free. more thing. Go ahead. Yeah, so, um, yeah, when you're talking about her um, a catalogue of work, she now, she's now, what well, she's just finished doing a um, Westworld, where it's, um, have you ever seen the original movie? I've not seen the original movie myself. I haven't either. Now, do you know what it's about? I can check. Let's see. It's, uh, basically, it's about... Um, it's a, a world set up where robots look like humans. You can go there and you can, you know, play cowboys and Indians and stuff like that. Fascinating. Another one of those Dr. Uh, Kevorkian might have a, yes, a comment. Exactly. exactly. So it's, among the, it's along the same lines because another caller said it on that program with Dr. Kevorkian, this Westworld where she plays one of the robots, synthetics, who rebels at the end. So, um, but she's practically naked in half of that 
um, series and having sex as well. So for her to complain about that scene now, when now, you know, in 2016, she's playing a robot who then goes rogue and rebellious at the end. And all the robots in that, well, the main ones are non-white. So that even more drives home, you know, Dr. Kevorkian and your theory regarding non-white people being synonymous with um, robots in these movies. Wow. Fascinating. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen it, but wow, that is exactly the theory uh, in Color Monitor. I hope people got a copy of the book. I got my copy of the book, Dr. Kevorkian's book, in the mail this week. He was sending out free copies. I think a lot of people uh, try to take him up on that, but that's exactly the thesis that is uh, the, the main thesis of that very book. That's why I wanted a copy of it, because I, I had not heard that. I haven't heard anybody else put that forward, that every time you see a movie or a TV show, novel, with that sort of storyline, that is the message that whites are conveying, their fears uh, about non-white people taking over, rebelling, trying to overthrow their system uh, of white terrorism. Uh, I was going to get people's thoughts on, because uh, this is our last Global Sunday talk of this year. We won't be uh, doing it again until 2017 uh, on uh, how we are reflecting on, uh, in my opinion, what has been uh, just a, a dreadful year, uh, almost in every respect. Uh, not the least of which is the election. That's not even at the top of my list, but with Dr. Welsing and I feel like we lost a lot of people this year, a lot of black people who were at least trying to do something constructive. And it just seemed like a very grueling year uh, on all fronts. Uh, I will check in with our callers to see if folks have questions uh, that they would like to ask uh, some of the other topics. I certainly also wanted to see the international response to the Dylan Roof trial. Uh, I don't know if that got major attention. Maybe they don't really pay a lot of attention to trials uh, overseas. But we had callers. Uh, we have retired firefighter Thomas in New York. Did you all have either questions for our international uh, listeners? Uh, we have uh, African 1884 in Austria. Uh, we have Mr. Fox and Lorraine in the UK. If you all have questions for them or if you have your own comments about what we've discussed or something else, uh, your line should be open. Retired firefighter Thomas in New York. I've heard. Yes, sir. Yeah, good evening, um, Gus. Good evening to the international callers. Um, yeah, did, uh, is dual, I heard the lady say dual heritage several times. Is that uh, a phrase for mixed race over in the UK? Yeah, um, they come up with lots and lots of different ter terminologies, and dual heritage is one of the uh, most accepted terms. <laughs> wow, man. You know, the guy said how refined. I mean, yeah, the British, they, they are very refined. Um, that is very refined. That is, I've never heard that. You heard that before, guys? I have, but only because uh, this program and just doing content, if you listen to... If you listen to, like, Black is the New Black or some of the other documentaries, you'll hear that term. Like, I've heard it for a few uh, years wow. now. Um, yeah, it's exactly as she said. It's like biracial. So, like, people saying biracial over here, they say dual heritage over there. They've been saying it for some years now. Wow. So, you know, our, our white people uh, are just starting to become refined. Um, they, used to be, they come out with the guns for years. So, uh, this is very... They haven't quite gotten there yet, but that is very refined. Man, that's really good. Um, question. Um, what is the what is the climate over there with, in regards to China? Is it um tensing up in the media, or is it um just um as normal over there over the past year? Oh, sorry. Um, regarding China, um, 
I've not been able to keep up with news recently due to uh, my job um, commitments, but from what I have been seeing, any kind of troubles with China, it's more on your side of the pond. I think the Chinese and the US are more going to be in loggerheads. Britain and China are more... Um, I've not really seen much problems regarding anything militarily, but one of your um, or one of the white supremacists, is it drones or something like that, was uh, actually captured or taken home by the Chinese, but the Chinese then later returned it. That's what I've read anyway. But um, regarding relations with China, I've not seen anything negative anyway. Same here. Not really seen anything negative apart from... Um people now questioning the synthetic food that Chinese people are producing. Um, you know, plastic rice and lettuce that's made out of plastic and um, tablets, that lozenges that are made out of cotton and all kinds of stuff like that. But um, other than that, no. Oh, wow, I had no idea none of that stuff was even going on. Wow, interesting. Uh, one more question, Justin, I'm sorry. Um, so what's my question here we go um the um last question and this might not sound um very logical but in the in the morning in the uk what do they drink coffee or tea that's that's my last question i have a oh. reason for asking oh god listen <laughs> coffee is um is something which the white people in the u.s North America, that is their number one staple drink. But in this country, don't you dare take away the cup of tea from white people. <laughs> That's an act of war. I was recently in a meeting and the room was, there was no heating in this room and the room was absolutely freezing. So we had a choice to plug out the, um, it was like an automatic kind of water boiler, which does the tea. So we had an option just to plug that out for a while and let the you know electric heater heat up the room. No, that never happened. <laughs> the descent from the white people in that room to keep that hot water on to make the teas, they would rather freeze rather than you know not have a cup of tea. Tea is the main staple. The cup of tea is the main thing in this country. Cup of tea and curries, and they both come from countries which are non-white. Well, they're the two staple things in this country, tea and the curry, which both come from India. And white people do not like Indians, which is um, the irony of it. Could I answer, question? Could I answer that question from this side of the world? Um, I mean, from, from Austria, um, the last 15, 16 years that I've been here, I've seen that um, most of white folks, it's, it's, it's coffee. You know, they can't do without a cup of coffee in the morning. For the most part, if you're on the plantation, you interact with white folks and don't want to talk to you unless they've drank, unless they've drunk the cup of coffee. Um, coffee and sugar. That's how that's that's the most important thing in Austria. Coffee and sugar. Yeah, both come from countries, non-white people who make nothing from that resource. Yes. Satisfied, Thomas, in New York? Absolutely, Gus. I'm very satisfied. Thank you. Retired firefighter, question, or did you have commentary as well? 
yes, I have uh, three questions. Uh, I believe uh, one of the uh, guests is in the place that's called Austria. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, I'm just wondering, uh, being that's the birthplace of uh, Adolf Hitler, uh, is his name uh, brought up uh, on a uh, constant basis still in, in the uh, area? Yes, it is. I mean, um, almost every, I'd say every three to six months, they always air something on TV documentaries in regard to the uh, Jewish Holocaust. So they kind of like do that every year, at least twice, so as to, uh, I think, remind people here that uh, this man was a dangerous man and that whatever happened to the Jewish people uh, will not be repeated again. Unfortunately, they don't make a reference to black people that were part of that experience. It's mostly what you would refer to as the white Jewish people. Yes, his name is really frequented and mentioned every year. Okay, that's what I suspected. Uh, to the uh, non-white black people uh, from uh, the places called England, United Kingdom. Wow, <laughs> United Kingdom. Uh, uh, two questions. Uh, first, uh, I was uh, in this part of the world, uh, which I think is uh, based on our confusion, non-white black people, uh, a lot of them, too many, uh, in my opinion, uh, seems to take a great deal of pride in their participation with uh, white people in the people activity of war. And uh, uh, so I was wondering if that's the same attitude in England with non-white black people and their participation with uh, white people who call themselves Englanders uh, in war. Uh, if, if, there's, if there's a similar uh, type of uh, interest slash pride uh, in their background history of, of uh uh, assisting uh, white people in their uh, efforts of waging war upon this planet. I don't think so. Um, I feel that until fairly recently, um, black people were not discussed when um, they talked about the Second World War. And... Um, Fairly recently, they've started to do, because they do um, a, a poppy day to commemorate the people that died during the war. So, fairly recently, they've started to do a black poppy to represent, um, well, black people have done a black poppy to represent the black people that were involved. So, people are really trying to push the notion forward that black people were involved um, in that. But generally speaking... You don't speak to um, the elders um, and they bring it up in conversation. It's not really um, something that's highlighted with us here. Yeah, it's um, because um, in the US it's, it's different because um, you had black 
people who fought for the US, well, in World War One, where they went over to and fought for France, the Harlem Hellfighters, World War One, World War Two, um, then you had Korea, then you had Vietnam, and so on. Over here, it was um, notably, it could be earlier periods where you did have um, the enslaved Africans who were promised freedom if they went to fight for the British against the Americans in the War of the Independence. And then after that, you had World War One. World War Two, then we had the Falklands, then the Gulf, and so on. But it is for World War One and World War Two, you have to really look hard to see the um, participation. It's not really broadcast by the British. They don't like to broadcast stuff like that. You might see something here or there, but when it comes to, because um, I was thinking about this the other day, when it came to the white civil wars, white people never really let black people fight their white enemies for them. They, they wouldn't mind the Indians fighting because you actually do see them actually promote the people from India and Pakistan who fought in World War One and World War Two. But regarding the black soldiers, they didn't really allow them to fight. They just done like, um, you know, like um, service roles within the army. Because when you think about it, blacks, even in America and in, and in England, they didn't really let them fight over white people when they really started making blacks fight in the military it was against other non-white people they allowed the black soldiers to fight the japanese they allowed the black soldiers to fight the germans but that was only in aircraft and in tanks and when you're in an aircraft shooting down another aircraft you're not really shooting down another person this is what i've heard you know german and um, british fighter pilots say is when they're shooting down a plane you only realize but there's a person in there when that person bells out, then your, you know, your 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 thought pattern changes. But if you're sending a black man in the plane to shoot down a white man in another plane, that's okay to do. But when it comes to killing a white man close and personal, they're not gonna allow that because how they were practicing racism and white supremacy back then, you can't have a load of black soldiers going over to Germany, killing white people in Europe, and then coming back to the US and expecting to take the abuse which they're taking, you know, in the 40s, 50s and 60s. Because as we saw in like other programs we had in the cows, when you had these so-called race riots, it was the black soldiers who had experienced fighting in Europe who were the ones who went and turned back the tide against the white terrorists. So um, that's something, you know, racist man and racist woman have not really liked to do is let black soldiers fight other white soldiers in their civil wars. They don't mind you fighting and killing other non-white people like Korea, Vietnam, and now so-called Arabs in the you know Middle East. But when it's coming down to you know fighting and killing other white people, they don't really like that. But over in this country, you know, there's not like a you get odd people here and there who have served in the army, but you know, there's not many people you could actually black people you could actually see and talk to who actually went over and and fought these wars back in Falklands in World War Two. I mean, my life. Interesting. Thank you. Uh, one last question. Uh, people activity of entertainment, uh, specifically sports, uh, the transition uh, from high school to college is a multi-million dollar business. And the primary uh, 
person that's involved in that transition is black males in this part of the world, especially in the uh, sport that is called football. And I know football is, is, is uh, a name that you're familiar with. Uh, uh, but, uh, the, I, of course, you know, the football I'm talking about is with, with all the, all of the protective equipment, uh, whereas in your part of the world, it would be soccer. Uh, there's a lot of hype with it. Uh, and as I mentioned before, uh, black males are primarily is the product, if you will, uh, in that transition. I have an interest in it uh, from the standpoint of a black male could obtain a uh, assistance financially to go to college. Uh, give me some similarities, if there are, in uh, the place that's called Europe and or England. I am... Um... I don't think there is, because um, I do see in the U.S. where you have um, in high school and in high school, if you're um, a good footballer or basketballer, you get then is it the the scholarship which then takes you into the the college. But in England, it's um it's different. It's um it's very different because um you'll normally do the while you're in either secondary school, which is the equivalent to your high school, and then if you leave high school you've been doing kind of football for um a local club and you get taken on but then the money incentives and the comparisons is just totally different there's no um there's no like um scholarship which will get you into this college and then from there you get into a team and then drafted and stuff like that it's um it's totally different i think i'll say the mm -hmm. same i'll say the same for austria i mean it's not to that level as it is in the U.S. Here it's just straight predominantly white, whether it's soccer, whether it's basketball, whether it's hockey, you name it. It's predominantly white. So it's not on the level as it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I, that's what I, I figured. Uh, thank you. Been very helpful. For sure. A uh, person that dialed in last four digits, 7781. 7781. Did you have commentary or question for any of our uh, international participants? Um, yes, I have uh, two questions. Um, what are some of the differences in similar? I'm sorry. What are some of the differences um, that you may have noticed between uh, Black American women? and uh, black British women in contrast to relationship between the black community? Should I repeat that? No, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm thinking. Um, it's, it's a difficult question to answer. I feel that um, the way how black females are perceived in America is, I don't know, it's a difficult question to um, to answer. To me, black females are not highlighted. Black males are more upfront, if you like. So for me to say that the way how black females 
do anything in America, it's not it's not really that obvious to me because I don't live in America. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, yes, I. I can only go by what the media portrays, but other than that, as far as the black males are concerned, I could talk all day, but the females, not very highlighted to me. So I couldn't compare or or contrast, sorry. Okay, fair enough. Um, The second question was, are there any black British leaders to give voice to the black community in the effort to counter white supremacy? Sorry, could you repeat that question again? Are there any black British leaders to give voice to the black community in an effort to counter white supremacy? Uh, I, I think I understand the question. Uh, I'm going to say something to the people in the for the people in the UK. I think this is brother called Leo Muhammad. I think. Yeah, there is someone. Yeah. Yeah, Leo Muhammad, Nation of Islam. Um, I wouldn't say he's a a black leader. Um, okay. It's hard. It's hard. You're hard pressed. I can't really think of any so-called black leaders like the equivalent to what you are getting in the US in the UK. Um, that's that's a hard one. I'm thinking. Mm. We are um, children of a generation of people that came here from the Caribbean or from um, the continent. So literally with the first generation, it's it's as though we're still trying to find our feet, if you like. So we haven't really developed ourselves as a people here. And that's very unlikely now because um, the thing that you know, is is mostly pushed on us is integration and there isn't a black family that I'm aware of that doesn't have a white person involved in there, which means that as a, as a people, we're not moving in the way that we're supposed to. So, it, you know, it's just completely different from America. I completely yeah. agree with everything Lorraine just said there. Completely agree with it. But I'm the second generation. That's the only difference. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Right. I was asking because I I have heard of the um the gentleman uh, Leo Muhammad, and I saw some of his uh, lectures that he uh, usually has outside. He usually has like a, a crowd of people that he's uh, speaking to, and um, it seems somewhat productive and and uh, logical. Um, but in the midst of that, it's a lot of white people. You know, and um, so I just wanted to know if there are maybe any other uh, black people that uh, maybe share some of the same ideas and logic that he has, but maybe goes about doing things in a different, in a different uh, way, in in a different matter that may be uh, a little bit more uh, logical and close into the community. But I do understand where you guys are coming from. Um, 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 uh, but I, and I do thank you for your answers, um, and uh, thank you for being on the show this evening. I think um, the reason why you saw a lot of white people there because I think Leo Mohammed, you might have seen him at Speakers Corner. That is a place yeah. in London, which I think I'm not. I've not been there before when it's been on. I've been to the place, but I'm not sure if it's every Sunday where you get people of all denominations and 
religious faiths go there and do their talking and stuff like that. So the reason why you saw a lot of white people there is because um, it is speakers' corners and you get Christians, Muslims, other denominations there, and they actually go there and debate each other. So that's why you were, would have seen a lot of white people present. Uh, before I get our caller, uh, 3637, uh, you'll be next up. Uh, just want to show we have about... Mm, 15 minutes left in the broadcast again this is not our normal super extra long broadcast this is only 90 minutes so if you think you have a question you'd like to ask uh, some of our international listeners or an observation uh, you should go ahead and get your hand up now do not wait until the last minute uh, before I get three the caller last four digits three six three seven uh, I had two statements as well as a reminder for our cows audience that word fair, watch that word. Uh, it is in the word guide. Uh, and I state consistently, we should reject uh, a term that whites liberally and for centuries have used to suggest white, beauty, logic, and justice. All of the above at the same time, we should reject that, find uh, a more accurate word that is not supporting the notion of white supremacy that uh, you need to have, quote unquote, only people who are without melanin deserve just treatment. Only people who are classified as white are logical, beautiful, so on and so forth. Uh, The uh, two statements I was going to make before I get our caller. Number one, all of the leaders of black people are white. The second statement, the only community in a system of white supremacy is the white community. Victims of white supremacy do not have quote-unquote communities uh, and some of this just comes down to having accurate counter-racist definitions for the terms leader and community terms that need to be defined so that they make sense if we are in a system of white supremacy caller at 3637 did you have a question observations you wanted to share Hello, everyone. Um, Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for coming on the show with us, international callers. And I just had a couple of three questions I had quickly. Um, What's the retirement age in uh, we have UK callers on the line? And also, if we have any callers from Sweden that are that's on the line, what's the retirement age there? I think it's moved up in England now. It was 65, but I think it has moved up to where I think it might be different for females and males now. So I don't know. I think it might be 67 now. Um, I don't know if Lorraine can correct me on that. I can't correct you. I know it has moved up, but it, um, it is somewhere around that, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah around 67, six, something like that. Yeah, it's um, pension age has moved up in this country. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, okay. And then what about the the um older people? When you retire, do you get do they get large do they get large sums of money monthly or is it is it not that much? Or do you know? It all depends. Um if you've been working, say like in a local authority and you've been paying into your pension, you'll get that pension probably once a month, probably around either £400 or £300, could be a bit more. And then you can get state pension from the um, government, which is about, 
either 108 pounds, I think, a week, which you'll get every four weeks. And then normally people do get other occupational pensions as well, depends what they've paid into. And then depends if you're ill as well, you might be on DLA, which is disability living allowance, where depending on what rate you are, you can get between either another 400 and a pound a month on top of that. It all depends depends what your actual situation is and depends what about your health as well because you can get more money from the government or depends on what your situation is but if you are fine and okay you'll just probably get your state pension and um your work pension if you paid into it okay and then my last question i'm just asking i'm trying to figure out if they they would give more to this european um country but my last question is, um, do you know any black people that are not, you know, didn't come from like the continent? They didn't come from Land. They were in Europe for years and years and years. It's an old, 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 old family. Do you know any black people there like that? No, all, um, all black people in the UK either come from the old British empires, so you come from Africa, Sierra Leone, Gambia, Zambia, Ghana, Nigeria, um, Zimbabwe, some from South Africa recently, the islands, Jamaica, um, Trinidad and Tobago, Bahamas, St. Lucia, um, you're going to have the Indians from India, which is now two countries, India, Pakistan, you get the Sri Lankans, you get the Bangladeshis. This is the old empire of England, so it all came back to the UK, and then you're going to get the more recent people from Europe as well, you see. But you're going to have no one here who has been here, like, you know, if for argument's sake, well, the 14, 1300s, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out, okay. There's no... There's no old black family here from the 1300s who have titles and, you know, can speak old English. That's, that's, that's gone. Them people do not exist no more. They would have bred out with white people, as we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. No problem. Hmm. Uh, I think uh, we got our callers, uh, unless somebody dials in last minute. Yeah, we have about 10 minutes left, so if you have a question, uh, you should go ahead, dial in now. Um, as I wait to see if anybody else dials in, the Dylan Roof trial, uh, Mr. Roof was convicted this week, all 33 counts uh, in the federal trial. He has a state trial uh, coming up later as well. Uh, the next phase in the federal death penalty hearing is the sentencing phase. He's supposed to represent himself. He's going to be his own attorney for that portion of the trial. Uh, there's been speculation about if he's going to get the death penalty or if he's just going to get life in prison. Uh, has this trial been covered? Like, has this gotten attention overseas or are people kind of, you know, that's old news. People moved on. They're not really talking about that. I have not personally seen it on the news because my working commitments, I've not watched much TV, but in the local papers, I've not seen anything about that. And I'm, I'm reading the Metro, which is a free paper, which I get in the morning, but I've not seen anything like, you know, you'll turn the page and you'll see his face there in like an article. I don't know if it's been a smaller article, but when that actually happened, when I looked in the Metro, they didn't have a big page of his face there and, you know, you know details of what he's done. It was pretty small on 
probably on page four or five. But then when I looked into further in the newspaper, there was a bigger article on a black guy who broke out from prison and his face was just plastered all over this newspaper, a big spread. And I thought, well, this guy's broke out from prison and this guy's killed nine black people in the church. But it seems like the black guy's got more of the news spread. Well, well that's how it goes. But I've not really seen much um, over these sides regarding Dylan Roof. I don't turn the TV on, so no, no way. The best. Awesome. Go ahead, uh, 1884. Yeah, I'll say the same for Austria. I mean, I didn't see much on TV. Um, not, it's not being reported. Hmm. Not that I am surprised. Black lives do not matter. Oh, I didn't want to forget either. Austria, what, I guess the retirement situation. I know the caller asked, she said Sweden, but we don't have Sweden. We have Austria. What, the retirement situation in Austria, like the age and type of benefits, I guess? Yeah. I mean, um, the age is for men, it's 65, and for women, it's much earlier. I think it's about 59. Um, and the retirement benefits are more or less to what the colleague uh, from, from, from the UK said. You know, they have the, you have to pay in your own pension, and then you also have the state pensions given to you. Right on, right on. Good to get that information as well. Um, let me double check, make sure we didn't miss any callers. Uh, I also wonder, I feel like we'll have lots of time to discuss Trump. We talked about the election. Uh, we had our international listeners with us uh, last month. I feel like we'll have a lot of opportunity to discuss that uh, moving forward. Um, I guess maybe even start get our final words in uh, on the last eight years of, of President Obama as we get ready to uh, wrap up. You all can kind of be the first three to begin uh, here on the cows, uh, giving our reflections, observations, things we thought about, things we learned uh, as uh, the last final days of President Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama and their children uh, hanging out uh, at the White House. Uh, before I get everybody, I guess we can start with African 1884 because he was so patient while we were discussing uh, British-related matters earlier. Um, just with those terms, community and leadership, uh, I hope that's not lost. That's something that is uh, it's consistent, not just within this program, but when we talk about racism, white supremacy, people talking about uh, black leaders and the hope for black leaders or looking for black leaders or expectations uh, of black leaders. And the same thing with community, helping the black community and support for the black community. Um, if I mean, and again, some of this just comes down to definitions. What do we mean when we say community? Um, if we're just going to call any random collection of people a community, well, then that's fine. But we just want to make sure that that's the definition that we're working with. Just any random assortment of people is called a community. And the same thing for leaders. We're just saying somebody that is maybe shown on television or I don't know. I don't know what the criterion is, but I think. If we are in a system of racism, white supremacy, at least to me, logic dictates, counter-racist logic has shown all of the leaders of black people are white and you cannot be a leader and be subject to racism, white supremacy, which is why I would say it would totally disqualify all of the black people as being quote-unquote leaders. Uh, same thing with community. You cannot be subject to a group of people who are hostile to you and terrorizing you in all areas of people activity and say that you have a community. That just 
it does not make counter racist. Uh, it does not make logical sense. And I think we would make progress when we start to understand that uh, and change the way that we talk and think about racism, white supremacy, so that it is more in line with what is. Uh, did folks have any reflections, President Obama, what they've seen, if your view changed or just what are your thoughts days away from President elect Trump beginning his uh, new term, first term. African um, Yeah. Um, just to go back to what you said in regards to the definition or understanding of uh, leaders or black leaders, I 100% co-sign and sometimes I divert from the code and everything, but I need to stay focused and be precise. The only leaders who are black people are white people and that's accurate. So in regard to President Obama, um, I personally more or less just saw it as an an experience for him and a situation where white folks will still do what they have to do and everything. A few changes will be made here and there, but everything is still the same. You know, so I didn't expect much from him and I cannot discredit what he did. I know a lot of people uh, here on this side of the world, also in America, space we call America, uh, kind of like disappointed and uh, the, they, were expect, they were expecting too much from him in regard to what he should do for black people. But personally, I didn't expect much. And uh, with Trump coming in as a new president, I think it's still going to be the same thing. As victims of racism, and supremacy, we should just stay codified and, yeah, expect, you know, expect the best but hope for the worst. Dig it. Uh, Mr. Fox, reflections, winding down President Obama's time at the White House? Um, it was all to be expected. Um, even when I was really confused, well, not, I was always noticed something wasn't right. And even when I was, um, you know, more confused than I am now, but um, I just thought to myself, why would white people now put a non-white person in office? and then run on a system of justice. It just doesn't make sense, but the people who we're dealing with are very, very intelligent, and it was a great move. You had an idiot in office who was um, being run by other people who were in the shadows. He was only, like, you know, the front person. And after him, you have a non-white person who passes through certain laws through which the other white people wouldn't have passed through. And then you get rid of him and then you put another person in who's going to do the bidding of another group in the shadows. And um, it's, 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 a, it's been a great plan for white supremacy. So thumbs up all the way for them. You know, plan's still running smooth. They've got a person in the White House now who is not going to go to war with Russia. Everyone knows that, you know, this man is not going to, you know, be in the White House as a, you know, a white supremacist, then going to fight another white supremacist in the East. It's not going to work. But if Hillary was in there, I reckon for Americans and probably, you know, people in the Western world, um, there could have been loggerheads and something could have gone down. But you've got Donald Trump in there now. Nothing's going to go down. More on the domestic front. Domestic front, things are going to get really... um really bad for um, non-white people, especially black people in the U.S. But on the global front, it's um, just business as usual. White terror domination. Uh, Lorraine, reflections? Um, 
from what I've observed, it's um, as though Trump has been called president way more than Obama ever was in the eight years. You know, I keep hearing President Trump, President Trump, and Obama, Obama. Um, from my um, looking back on um, President Obama, um, I saw him doing TV shows where he was dancing, and he reminded me of, you know, those old movies where you'd see, um, like, the black tap dancer um, performing for for the white community. Yeah. That's what he reminded me of. Um, I believe that Trump will do more for the black community than um, President Obama did, so people will become more confused, and they'll feel that that... Um, was that 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 improvement proves that the white man is better for the black community and you'll hear a lot of black people saying well president obama didn't do anything for us but look what trump's doing for us um i know that it doesn't matter whose face is um up there for a president or a prime minister um in the west it's the people above them that run the country and their faces are just something for the people to identify with, someone for the for them to get angry with or to be happy with. But they're not the ones that are in control, you know. So my memory of him is, um, it, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just sad to know that um, he was used like that and um, that people couldn't understand the fact that he had no power. Um, and we will never ever be given any power if we want any power we have to take the power ourselves and it's as simple as that well said well said uh, we had one person who dialed in with a hand up uh, they actually got their hand up uh, a while ago while people were giving their reflections that's the only reason I'm getting their call in uh, the person at 6361 do you have a question you want to get in uh, before we get ready to wrap things up Um, yeah, I just wanted to know, are uh, people based in the United States allowed to contribute to this program? Oh, yeah. We had retired firefighter was on. We had uh, Thomas in New York. We had lots of people already on asking questions. Oh, okay. I was, I've, just been, uh, I've just been away, and I have not gotten a chance to hear the bulk of the, the conversation, but I did hear that uh, we were sharing our reflections on um, the end of the discussion. President Obama's uh, administration, and um, I just wanted to give a few thoughts. Is that all right? Uh, well, let me explain this way. I just asked them that as kind of a, a parting shot as we're getting ready to wrap things up. Uh, we are going oh, okay. to have ample opportunity for everybody to get in there uh, five minutes or probably 30 minutes uh, on reflections on President Obama because we'll have whole programs on that and, and the whole nine. Okay. So, yeah, I'm not even giving my reflections right. on that today. So, uh, um, understood. Understood. Thank you so much. I, 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 thanks for that clarification. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right on. Good to hear from Ken Steele. I didn't recognize the number. Um, Right on. I will assume uh, everybody uh, is good. Anybody have a, a quick question or something that they can get in within uh, 15 seconds, we'll say? Or is everyone satisfied? I wanted to know from the Austrian caller, what is the media like in regards to black people um, making documentaries and movies? Um, well, nationally, the, the, the none. I mean, I, I, we don't get to see any... Uh, documentaries that are done by black people. Uh, nothing. 
Dear. Okay. The BB. Oh man, I forgot. We had a different. Uh, <laughs> we had a. I have to read this. Um, actually, I will not read. I'll just say we had a different um, non-white person. Our our international audience is growing. Hoorah! Hoorah! Maybe one day we'll have consistent South African uh, participants on the Global Sunday Talk and uh, non-white people from other parts of the world uh, as well when we get ready to do this program. Uh, we had other black people in the UK, uh, and they said that they um, uh, almost were a little intimidated to come and hang out uh, because they felt the, the conversation is normally pretty uh, in-depth. But we are all victims, just sharing our views. You are certainly welcome. Uh, even stateside people are, are welcome uh, on this program to come ask questions or share their views on racism. But person wrote in, they said... Uh, I said the BBC, they had multiple documentaries, which they did. They had the documentary Black is the New Black. We talked about it at the beginning. They also just did a documentary on Mark Duggan. We talked about him earlier this summer. It's the five-year anniversary of his shooting death. They did a 90-minute documentary on Mark Duggan. I was disappointed with that uh, feature for different reasons. I felt that feature, number one, they really minimized the role of racism, white supremacy in his death, um, both in the way... Both, number one, the role in racism, white supremacy, and why the police were following him, why he was under police surveillance at the time he was killed, one. Two, and how the media covered his death. He was just a gangster, a thug, same thing you've seen eight billion times. Uh, Michael Brown, uh, just strong-armed robber, Eric Garner, he's no-count tobacco-selling hoodlum with no job. I mean, the same thing that you hear all the time anytime a black person is killed. They're a criminal, a thug, they deserve to die. Uh, and then the subsequent uh, looting, which was mostly white people. It was, it was racism, white supremacy at every step of the way. They didn't include David Starkey, who was this race soldier, white man who came out on the BBC uh, and said, well, they weren't mostly black people rioting, which was an important point that they just kind of glossed over, that it was mostly white people rioting, but they still insisted that it was black people out tearing up London. And then David Starkey comes out on the BBC and says, well, it wasn't. Uh, it was mostly white people, but they were acting like black people. It's this, these heathen first-generation negras that have come in from everywhere, and their negra heathen culture, and white people are copying it, and that's why they were out acting a fool. They totally ignored all of that. They tried to restrict their coverage just to the actual shooting and the police interpretation of events, uh, other witnesses' interpretation of events, and the family's interpretation of the events. Uh, but it greatly minimized racism, which is right at the center of all of this, I submit. At any rate, the person wrote in about this documentary. They said, I do have my concerns about the Mark Duggan program. I wasn't aware of most of the details of the investigation and found what was presented extremely disturbing. It seems he was set up and the police testimony details of what took place needs to be challenged. How can two police officers have found the gun independently of each other? This was glossed over by the IPCC representative. I think that's like independent police. Uh, it's like the independent police review team that does these. They make a conclusion about these shootings and whether someone's going to be charged. Continuing. Uh, yet eyewitness testimony which claimed the policeman was seen planting the gun at the body of Mark Duggan was disregarded. I'd like to know what other callers to tonight's program think about the level of surveillance, which in my opinion was unwarranted for the alleged crimes. I also believe Mark Duggan's friends and family need to ask further questions. There is no way they were also not being watched. Uh, Mark Duggan does have a white parent, and I'm sure just like with what happened 
uh, with Stephen Lawrence. We had his mother, Doreen Lawrence, on the program. His family was under surveillance, which they admitted 20 years later that his family was under surveillance immediately after their son was killed. They weren't out trying to find the white hoodlums that killed their child, their 17-year-old. They were trying to spy on the family to see what they were doing and if they were going to make trouble uh, over one dead nigger. I will stop there. I guess she did ask if you all had commentary. Did anybody see the Mark Duggan documentary or did you all miss that? Thinking people might not have seen it. People said they haven't been on TV too much. Anybody see the Mark Duggan documentary, BBC? No, I missed that. I didn't watch it either, but they do surveil. Um, I have a a family member um, who was murdered by a female, who was murdered by a white male in her classroom. And the family were bugged. Um, her, sister, her mother was bugged. The neighbors were bugged. Wow. Everybody that called the house had their phone bugged. Wow. The whole street, the whole street said that their phones were bugged. So, yes, they do do that. The mother was told that if she was to highlight what had happened to her daughter and there was a riot, all those deaths would be on her. So, she minimized it. Wow. British, uh, British, they're always on point. Do not underestimate the white British. Amen. (laughs) Amen. When you said she minimized it, talking about that was your friend's mother, your friend who was killed by a white man, your friend's mother after she was threatened and intimidated uh, Mm. by enforcement officials, race soldiers. Uh, that, you know, if you do anything to try to draw attention to this, then any any rioting or, you know, hoodlum activity, you will be the one that gets blamed for this. And so she minimized it. It reminded me we can go full circle with the program. It reminded me of what Thandie Newton said about her black mother uh, when she was brought by her white father who rocks when she was brought to uh, the U.K. And it's no black people. So she's just around all these racists. And she talked about the daily insults. And her mother said that she had to just make things very, very small. Full circle uh, with the program. And in fact, that is the essence of niggerhood. If you look at the definition, that's why you have things like uh, niggerish thinking or he was niggardly. uh, That you have a very small view of the world that you have very small resources that you have a very small constricted space in which you can operate and exist that is the essence of niggerhood which is what the system of white supremacy is all about creating and making sure that's the role that we stay in we can wrap there uh, huge thanks to all our folks uh, who participated uh, in international listeners and domestically everyone we got to hear from retired firefighter uh, Thomas in New York uh, the other uh, female callers at 7781 uh, 3637 uh, Ken Steele uh, we had Lorraine uh, Andrew was with us for a short time Mr. Fox uh, 1884 out in Austria grand to hear from everybody even our callers uh, who wrote in uh, we'll be doing this again next month uh, it's always the third Sunday of the month so anybody you can just uh, lock it in that way third Sunday of the month we do the global Sunday talk on racism so we'll be here uh, January 2017 we'll be here on January 15th and I think that's right at the King holiday uh, unless I'm mistaken uh, but I hope everyone remains constructive enjoy the rest of your uh, weekend hope you have a great constructive week coming up uh, the holidays are almost over we almost made it just stay constructive and get through it if anybody is participating in all that I hope you have uh, constructive uh, contact with your family and uh, we get through this without 
uh, with as little hassle and expense of time and energy as possible. Sobriety would be best even under so-called holiday conditions. Maybe even especially then it would be best to be sober. Uh, we'll be back uh, middle of the week. Just check our Facebook page or the Black Talk Radio page for program times. Uh, thanks again for everyone tuning in and we will be back directly. Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cows signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, What's your brother. Problem? You're a victim. Yeah. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>